We've been talking about passion for uh, this month. Uh, it's a good month to talk about it, isn't it? I mean, the Valentine's deal and all. Wow, what, a, what an evening we had this past Monday. It was, it was so awesome. And uh, I mean, we're, we're thrilled about what the Lord is uh, doing in marriage and family at Freedom. Uh, families get better at Freedom. We are a family. As a church, we are a family, but we are also a bunch of families, right? Uh, so um, uh, we're working hard in this area. I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to complete in, in some of these areas. We're, we're looking more also at, at enlarging our ministry to singles as well. Got any single folks in the house? Where are you? Where's my single folks? Look at that. That's some single folks in the house, all right? Uh, so uh, because... Families, how many families come in all shapes and sizes? Anybody know that? And uh, our, uh, we, want, we want single parents to know we're all over this, okay? We love you. And, uh, but we also want folks that are just single, never been married, don't have any kids. We want you to know we love you and you're a part of the family. We want, we want to help you increase and do better. Uh, Valentine's season is kind of an awkward season. You know, there are these holidays that we have that some people say, please, don't have Mother's Day or Father's Day, because sometimes uh, certain celebrations just irritate people. Can I get an amen? Yeah. All right. Uh, we believe that as the church that uh, we ought to be able to make every day better through the presence of God in your life. So uh, we, we want to focus on this. I... Uh, We've got another uh, week that we're going to talk about this. Uh, today, uh, last week we talked about the passionate family. Today, we're going to talk about the passionate flame. Amen. Come on, somebody. Passionate flame. I know what you're hoping I'm preaching about. But uh. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. For by him all things were created... Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. I am very purposeful in this message today. I, uh, how many have ever just been frustrated in general? Anybody been there just, just frustrated, uh, tired? Anybody been there? Uh, Marriages, uh, relationships, finances, whatever, uh, just struggling. I, I, we, I want to deal with this because we want to get the flame burning again, all right? I, that's what we want to do. We want to get the flame burning. And I, and I know, you know, so this, this is not necessarily the format that I could talk about those other things. That's why I'm having that love and joy marriage retreat, so I can talk about all those other things. But uh, since... Uh, since passion is in your head and you're so full of the flesh, let me talk to you about it just for a sec. Uh, uh, intimacy is a good thing. Can I get an amen? Uh, and there are places where God wants uh, you to have great intimacy. Can I just tell you this, uh, just to, to begin with? Uh, our struggle is we think intimacy is accidental. We just, I, I you know, I... I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, uh, like if I were to ask you in your relationship when you fell in love, uh, and, and you would not, well, there was just this one moment, and boom, I just knew it, you know. It's, it's really more than that. Am I right? It's, and then, you know, I've, I've had people come to me before and say, well, Pastor, you know, we just fell out of love, and I, I want you to go back and say, well, you know, you fell out, you fell in. I mean, is your relationship, is it basically about where potholes are in your life? You know, uh, you, you fell off a cliff, fell, you know, fell into a cliff. How, how does that happen exactly? Um, I, I think one of the things we need to understand it and grasp is that intimacy is intentional. Amen. It's intentional. And we're so afraid of some of these things, like... Uh, I've been married for a long time, you know that, uh, all my life. You know, I feel like Diane and I more or less grew up together. Uh, she was my girlfriend when she was 14 years old, and I was 16. That means I'm older than her, which uh, she's always been my girlfriend. But, 
there were people that were in our lives that directed us toward one another. You know, Christians, parents. Uh, and to this day, you know, we'll put a cute little picture up and, 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 our, and we have family members that will want to take credit for our relationship, you know. And uh, I want to say, yeah, it's true, but, you know, I'm really glad for that. Really, I am. I, you know, I would recommend that, uh, you know, if you are single and you are, want, you are pursuing, you want to say, you know, one day I'd like to be married to somebody godly. I think rather than going to the local karaoke bar and finding somebody, maybe you'd be better to find some good Christians in your life and say, you know, this is something that's going on in my heart right now. You know, help me, point me in the right direction. I don't, yeah, I got, I got a handshake. Yeah, you got a hand clap there? Right. It's, it's intentional. It's intentional. And uh, uh, it's intentional in other ways as well. You know, uh, some of you are saying, you know, like the flames kind of burned out in our house. We just, we're not together like we used to be. And uh, I'd like, you know, you could fix some of that too if you could get intentional about it. Rather than saying, you know, you're just frustrated. You know, they're not interested in me anymore. Look, I know I'm, I know I'm treading on some, some, some dangerous ground right now. In a, you know, but does it make sense to anybody what I'm saying? Uh, if, if, you would, if you would have some intentionality about it, and you say, you know, you say, people say things like this. I mean, let me just go into my office for a moment. People say, you know, uh, stuff about, you know, we're just... You know, I, I just don't know that I'm with the right person, you know. And, and, and really what you're doing is you're thinking about all your diversity, your differences. Uh, I, just so you understand a couple of things here. One is, uh, God made you different on purpose. All right? God made you different on purpose. Uh, I remember, <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Don't, shouldn't go here. I remember working in a hardware. We, I was Collins Little Giant is what it was. It was a little store in Richmondale, Ohio. I was working in, and they, it was like such a small town that they had a little bit of everything. Like they had some groceries and some sundry items. They actually had a hardware section, and I didn't know much about a hardware section, but we sold pipe, you know. We sold galvanized pipe, and we sold some PVC pipe, and I had to learn about that and sell that stuff in a hardware store. And I also cut meat at the deli counter, you know. So, I mean, the whole store wasn't, you know, I don't know, probably about as big as that section right there. But, you know, people didn't want to drive 30 minutes into Chillicothe, Ohio. They wanted to buy things right there in Richmondale. And they, so I had to get, I, I had to get, uh, I had to learn about plumbing, you know. And I found out that there were male pieces and female pieces. You know, I'm like 18 years old working in this hardware store. Oh, okay, man. And then I understood it all makes sense. Can I get an amen from somebody? <laughs> that there are different parts. Yeah. Well, I just went way off. <laughs> See, some of you think if you could find somebody alike, somebody like you, then your relationship would be better. No, you're different. And you're in a covenant I'm telling you some practical things that will make the flame burn brighter. You're in a covenant relationship. Do you know what the word covenant really means? You think it just means hugging. Covenant means bleeding. It means to cut. Something has to be cut. Things have to die. You want a relationship with somebody, but you want them to just like everything that you like. And you to like everything that they like. You actually, I've actually had to deal with this before. Uh, couples would come to me, and the big problem was that one of them wanted to play video games, and the other one couldn't understand why they wouldn't play video games with them all day. Let's play video games all day. You know? Uh, not, just not into it, you know? My wife likes to watch animated movies on occasion. All right? Yeah. I'm just not into the moose. <laughs> but I'll watch them one idea. I will. I will sit right through that old movie. <laughs> Listen, intimacy, I'm, I'm talking too much here. I got to preach here, but intimacy is, is intentional. 
And intimacy is spiritual, and it is emotional, and it is physical. Right? It is. It's all of that. And, uh, and it's it really, even the word intimacy is inner closeness, is what it is. Inner closeness. So uh, what, what, what you're saying is that uh, when you say you know, you're struggling, you're saying, uh, I want more than just a physical relationship. And if, if all you're looking for is physical relationships, you're just going to be so broken the rest of your life. And if in your marriage, all you're looking for is physical relationships, you're just going to be so broken the rest of your life. Okay? Uh, to be continued uh, at the Love and Marriage Retreat. Uh, <laughs> spiritual intimacy is intentional. Spiritual intimacy is intentional. Um, let's, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm focusing on, on getting a flame burning inside of us. Anybody ever felt like somebody came by and just blew the whole flame out? Anybody ever felt that way? Uh, let's, let's just go ahead, before I go into this further, let's decide that we are all Christians. Okay, how many, do I have anybody that believes in Jesus? Anybody believe in him? That he's the Lord, that he uh, died on the cross for you, and by grace you're saved through faith in Jesus Christ? Have I got anybody like that? Wave at me. Anybody like that? So I've got people that actually believe in Jesus. Uh, you've confessed your sin. Anybody done that today? Okay, so that's a continual thing, right? Anybody have to do that continually? As soon as you get out of the car, Lord, forgive me for all the things I said to those people as I was driving. So here's the deal. If I am a Christian, if I am a believer in Jesus, how is that going to impact my life? I mean, we're, we're almost through February, and uh, we have a tendency at the beginning of the year to take stock of our lives. Uh, it's like, what are those things that I've lost touch with? We, we, we kind of look back and we say, I've lost some passion, some things that just shouldn't be the way that they are, and you're asking some questions like, am I doing the right thing with my life? Does my life matter? Am I making a difference? Is my life important? And, and I believe that God actually wants to help you respond to some of these questions. I, don't, I, you, you, I guess if you're asking this every day, you might have a, some issues that we need to talk about on a deeper level, but... Uh, I, I did my first funeral of the, of the year uh, yesterday. Uh, some of you know the Ritchie family, uh, Stephen, Jenny, Ritchie, and uh, anyway, Jenny's father passed away. He's 83 years old, uh, a good man. But uh, uh, as I, I spent time, let me, let me just say, all right, I, I don't necessarily love preaching funerals, but I love the stories of people's lives. I just love them. I I love hearing about him and talking about him and laughing about him. And I found that if I can sit with some people for a little while, especially in the early stages of their grief, and we can just talk for a little while, you can begin to see God healing their hearts as they consider the stories of individuals. Here, here's, the, here's the reality that I'm going for here. I am a, an individual who celebrates life. Anybody with me on this? I'm a celebrator of life. Here's a truth that I have realized. Life is amazing. It's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's really, really. Anybody with me on this? I mean, life. Anybody get up today? Anybody wake up? Anybody? I mean, some people wake up and they say, you know, you know, it's morning. Good morning, God. It's morning. And some people get up and say, good God, it's morning. I get to breathe. I get to live. I get to love. I've spent so much time with people on the cusp of passing away. And as you pause and contemplate it, we realize, wow, I'd like to be with my family. I'd like to, I'd like to take a walk. Anybody with me on this? I'd like, to, I'd like to fix some of the junk that has corroded my life and my relationships. I, I'd like my flame back inside. I life is wild and precious. I mean, just look at the crazy people in this room right now. Look at them. 
all the different stories, all the different situations that we have. I mean, no, look at them. Look at them. I mean, really, some people actually got up, got dressed, looked in the mirror and said, I look good, and walked out that way. Now they're like pointing at each other right now. I love it. We have different stories. Different stories. Some of them are heart-wrenching tough, difficult stories. We have different stories. We have different situations. Right now, there are people in this room who just got a new job or a new car or a new house, and there are people who just lost a house and lost a job. People are in different situations, and I know that sometimes they are heartbreaking situations, marital brokenness, financial brokenness, all kinds of difficulty, but here's the big deal. I don't know what your story is, but I know that you're breathing right now. I know you're on the planet. I know that God is still good. Come on, take a deep breath right now and celebrate the fact that God has given you this moment. God is good. He's good. He's good. I always have a little cash in my pocket. Not always. Sometimes I don't. Yeah, I got a $20 bill. $20. Bam. Yolan, you want this 20 bucks? Yeah. It's yours if you want it. It's yours. Come and get the 20 bucks, bud. Somebody else wants it if you don't want it. Man, I can preach all over this. Come up here and get this 20 bucks. $20 for you. Take it. Hold, hold on. To, just take a look at it. All right? All right. Now, you like $20? Yes. Okay. I noticed that you didn't think you were coming up here at first. All right? And then Becca slapped you in the back of the head and said, go up and get that 20 bucks. No. All right. All right. Pretty much. All right. Now, watch. Watch. All right. Look at it. Who's that guy on it? Jackson. Jackson, it says right there, Jackson, yeah. I have to find it. Yeah, I can see it out of my right eye. $20, okay? Now, I mean, you could do something with the $20, but it goes fast. I mean, go to the grocery store, it's gone, Amen. right? You could probably take her to McDonald's or something on 20 bucks or Wendy's or something. You make the kids happy. I go to five and below and get a few things, all right? All right, but how would you look at that $20 if that was the only $20 you were going to get for the next year? What would you do with it then? I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly the point because we don't we don't have that real, we don't look at life that way, do we? It's like there's always going to be some more, you know, always more. But probably do different things with it, you know, like you would use it in a different way, you would spend it in a different way, right? Or you'd say, hey, I ain't spending this. I'm going to hide this. I'm going to bury this, right? I mean, all of the thoughts, uh, and and what I'm saying is. There are some things that you will never get again, like this year. You only get this year one time, right? I mean, today I see you sitting back there with your arm around your bride. You only get that today, right now, all right? You only get this breath today, all right? And uh, that $20 is yours. You can go waste it however you want, all right? But do something with it that is valuable, Okay, thanks. Take, thanks for taking the 20. Now, everybody, it's here for you all. Okay, now tell me. He gave it to his wife, probably. Okay. Right. Tell me this. What is your plan? What is your plan to do with your one wild and precious life? What is your plan? You only get one. What is your plan? Are you just flying by the seat of your pants? So well, I got. I, I'm not too concerned about. It. No. What What is your plan? Uh, so, uh, how many have a smartphone? Anybody have a smartphone? All right. I don't know why they call them smart because phones are not smart. Okay. <laughs> People are smart. Phones are phones. All right. Uh, how many have taken a selfie before? Anybody ever taken a selfie? All right. How many like to take selfies? Some of you love to take selfies. All right. Yes. And we know it's a filter. All right. I'm just telling you. All right. All right. So. When you take a selfie, how many pucker up when you take a selfie? You got any puckers? You know, like, all right. 
got, yeah, I got, got one honest person in the whole room, okay? Pucker selfies. People love taking selfies. I get this, okay? Uh, and, uh, but it's a big deal now, all right? Um, I, I, don't, I, I take selfies as in a picture of my wife and I a lot. I'll do that, you know? Boom, boom. And uh, I've learned that if you take a selfie like this, it's kind of weird. Nobody just looks at you that way. You're supposed to kind of cock your head a little bit, you know, right? Kind of give a look, right? But what if at the end of your life all you have is a bunch of selfies? I'm saying God has a bigger plan for us. I'm not saying don't take selfies. I'm not busting on your selfies, all right? All right? And until you get God's plan, you're just going to exist, and that's what some of us are doing. I keep telling people this. I don't, I don't know that we're, we're getting it, but I, and it's been this has been said for years and years, and people, we keep pouring it out to congregants. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen. All right? Say it. God has a purpose and plan for your life. But then this gets a little crazy because we start asking the question, well, what is God's will for my life? And then we, we go a little bit different, deeper and we say, I want, I want God's will to be in my life. And then we're good Christians. So we say, not only that, I want God's perfect will. I want to be in the center of God's will. How many have ever had that conversation? Wave at me. Anybody had that? So today, uh, I, I'd like you to leave service a little differently. I want you to leave the service knowing that God has a plan for you. And I also want you to leave the service knowing what it is that he wants you to do. All right, is that too deep? Is that too thick? I not only want you to know I want, uh, 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 that he has one, but I want you to know what it is. Uh, I am doing today what I am passionate about. I'm preaching to you. And you can ask my wife. Uh, I can be tired, and you can drop me in this pulpit, and I will come alive. Amen. All right? I have preached after being sick all night before. I've, been, I've preached after being up all night the night before. Uh, I have been weary emotionally, physically, but I'll walk in the door and it's like, boom, the fire comes alive. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I remember when God settled in my life. It was a Friday night revival meeting you know, when, when I was engaged to this girl. That's, she's, yeah, she's still sitting there. Uh, and, and, and I had a desire at one time, I knew I was going to be a lawyer, that's what I was going to do, but God, and God could have used me there as well. Can I tell you that? God could have used me just fine right there, but God ignited the passion. Now, I, I want to build a case for this today, this statement out of Colossians 1.15. Uh, he, listen to the scripture, he is the image, who are we talking about? Just... Just put the word Jesus there. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by, by Jesus and for Jesus. Oh, read that again. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So when you realize who Jesus is, that fixes a bunch of stuff. Our problem is we don't know who Jesus is. We think we came to church to see Pastor Rick. Sing a few cool songs. Listen. All things were created by him and for him. Amen. You got it? You got it. What, are, what are we created for? Jesus. And we are created by Jesus and we are created for Jesus. You got to get this in your head or you are going to just be kind of walking around, stumbling through life. I am created by Jesus. Jesus and I am created for Jesus. We are here because Jesus made us and we are here for Jesus. We weren't created to do a job or to perform a role. We were created for so much more. We were created by Jesus, for Jesus, and 
we are in a relationship with him where we can know God. And then, and then we see that Jesus is the beginner, the beginning and the sustainer, the first one. He, how many know he is the first one out of the grave? Jesus was the first one out of the grave. So Jesus, who should get all the glory and the praise? Jesus. Uh, are you hearing this? Who gets all the glory and the praise? Jesus. I was created who? For, by Jesus, for Jesus. So who gets all the glory and the praise? Jesus. Guess what? All of the glory and the praise out of my life. So now I've just taken you full circle to purpose. Anybody know what the purpose is? The purpose is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. God's purpose for me in my life. And listen, I will never be fulfilled no matter what I do if I'm not doing it to know Jesus and to make him known. Everything, uh, I, come on, we just fixed life just now. We just fixed it. Yeah. Fixed it. You, 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 I don't know if you're hearing me here. All right? I want my life to glorify Jesus. What does that mean? All right? If you see me, I want you to give applause to Jesus. If you see something in my life that's good. I want Jesus. I want you. Wow! Look what Jesus did. Some people come up, pat me on the back, and say, "Man, that was a good word." And I say, "Give praise God." I mean, because I know who I am. I know where I come from. I know the mess I tried to make out of myself, tried to do to me. I know what God rescued me from. So if there's anything good in me, I want you to look up to the one seated at the right hand of the Father and put your hands together and give. Him glory. No, look around this room. Look at the people that are sitting, sitting next to you and say, well, they're all educated and all of that. Come on. I don't know where they went to college. I don't know where they got their PhD. I don't know where they got their MAI. I don't know where they got their BA. I don't know if they're going to TCC or they just got back from Harvard. But if there's anything good in them, give applause to Jesus. So if you're asking, how do I do this? You see, I'm here. And when, when I talk to you about what's going on in your life, uh, you say, Pastor, I just, I just want you to fix my house. I just want you to fix my home, my marriage. I'm saying, if I could get your priorities in line, your marriage might get fixed. If I, if, I could get, if I could shift you to knowing Jesus and giving all the glory to Jesus, it's hard to be really selfish when you want to know Jesus and give him all the glory. It's hard to fight over the things you fight about when it's all about knowing Jesus and making him known and Jesus receiving all the glory. Is that... Is that Thick for anybody? I mean, as soon as the selfishness is gone and as soon as it's not all about me, it's not about who I am, it's about who Jesus is and what Jesus wants to do in my life, things seem to change. This should simplify the topic of His will for our lives. And I know you're asking, should I go to school or not? Should I get married or not? So, so, so what if God just sent you a letter and said, Thou shalt go to Virginia Tech. And you buy, and then you go and you get your degree and you frame it and you hang it on your wall. And then you find a wife and you build your life and you still, come on. Some people got their degrees, they're married, and they still have no idea why they're on the planet. Did I just tell a story? Did anybody hear what I'm saying? Still, how many know those folks, all right? It might be you. The problem for us is when I say God has a purpose for your life, you immediately want to do a temporary decision. You, you move straight to God has a purpose for my life. I'm supposed to be this, but it's so much more than that. Again, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It says, in word or deed, words, actions, whatever, 
do it all in the name of Jesus, giving glory to the God the Father through him. So why I do what I do is more important than what I do. Say that with me. Why I do what I do is more important than what I do. Why are you doing this? See, you are wired with many abilities and desires. So, so I want you to rewire my life, Lord. So my life is wired to know Jesus and to make him known. My, my life needs to be rewired. Got any, got any spiritual electricians in the house? Come on. It's the Holy Ghost. I'll get to that. Romans 11. Uh, reads this way, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His counselor? Wow. Okay, let me just... Okay. Who has ever given to God that God should repay Him? Does anybody see this? Be, be practical about this. All right. Who has ever really known the mind of the Lord? But this one. All right. Listen. The Lord doesn't need your counsel. All right? Jesus, you've got a problem. You need to sit and talk with me for a minute. Or, look at this. Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? God doesn't need a loan. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be, and we skip this. It's like, oh, and there's this little phrase. It's like the conclusion of the statement. Read that last one. To him be the glory forever. Say it. To him be the glory forever. So I've got a purpose. I've got a purpose. Everything I'm doing was provided by Jesus. I came into life by God and I finished this life by God with God. I came from him. I'm going to him. I'm sustained by him. Therefore, he is going to go with me whatever I'm going through, whatever I do. My purpose is, yes, I'm going to be a teacher. Yes, I'm going to be a lawyer. Yes, I'm going to be a mechanic. Yes, I'm going to work for the city. Whatever I do, I'm going to do it for the glory of God so that I may know Know him through it and make him known. Got a purpose. So what is your passion? Really, I want you to get this. I want you to serve in the kingdom of God. But hear me. I'm about to make your entire life better. Your home, your marriage, your hobbies, your business, your education. You ready for this? And some of you will latch onto this. And some of you will take a pass. But here we go. Again, Colossians 3.17. This is in the message version. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, circle whatever, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Jesus. You like that? So whatever you do, I know you're thinking... Preaching and teaching, that's what matters. But, but everyone can't be the worship leader, yeah. all right? Everybody can't be the preacher. So I'm saying, whatever you're doing, let God be honored. Let him be glorified. Do you know why your family is falling apart? Somebody's lost their spiritual passion. Somebody is not intentional about knowing God and making him known. Not, not in that. I'm telling you, your family is not falling apart because you're seeking God every day. Really, really, you know, you've heard me tell these stories before, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but, uh, you know, some of you probably do, but I've never had a couple walk in the door and say, pastor, you know, we were really struggling, but we discovered Jack Daniels and now our family is perfect. <laughs> never, never seen it happen. Not one time. But I have never sat down with the family and talked with them. And they've said, yeah, we are seeking the face of God together and listening to the Lord. And our desire, our purpose is to know Jesus and make him known to our children and to each other and to our neighborhood and our co-workers. And them say, but it's just all falling apart. I haven't seen that happen yet. Do you know why you hate school? No spiritual passion. Do you know why you're struggling? 
No spiritual passion. Whatever you do, whatever makes your boat float, your candle burn, do it all for the glory of God. All right? We, we, we get this. I mean, we, uh, it's, it's middle school wrestling season for us. So we've been, Preston and I and you know, some of the crew, we've been working with these middle school wrestlers. Here's the, here's the big problem. Here's the big difficulty with, with, with wrestling. Okay? And you know I am a wrestler. The big thing is flipping the switch. We just, you can't flip the switch. It's like, I'm going to make a move. I'm going to put a, I'm going to do a takedown. I'm going to grab a leg. And then I'm going to trip them and fall down. And then they'll roll over or I'll put a half Nelson in. And it doesn't work that way. It has to switch. Because there is a passion on the inside of you that causes all of these things to begin to click and move and happen. And you start doing what you've learned and what you know. And you do it passionately. It's that, that's the ones that wins the, win the championships. Listen, mechanics, lawyers, accountants. Listen, whatever it is. And, and uh, Tozer says this. Uh, it is not what a man does that makes it sacred or secular. The motive is everything. I'm doing this for the Lord Jesus. Why are you getting up in the morning? Why are you getting up? Why are you going to work tomorrow? Why are you teaching? Why are you cooking a meal tomorrow? Why, why, why would I ask you to light a candle and pray every morning? Do you put it aside? Because you don't have spiritual passion. Right? Right. Why, why are you going to do what you're doing? I just don't like my job right now. I hear that and I think, I think that the Lord might want you to change vocations. But whatever vocation you are in, can I get an amen from somebody? I'm I'm, I'm probably not coming to to your place of business. I will probably not be invited to your school. Did you know that? I I have been invited in one or two schools before, but um, here's the big deal. Um... Here's your central purpose. I'm on, I'm on the planet to know God and to make him known. So our passion is ultimately to reveal Jesus to the world. You got that? What am I here for? To reveal Jesus to the world. So people say, oh, he's going to try to get us to witness now. I don't want to ruin your day or anything. Excuse me. Have you ever been around that, purpose, that person that you just saw Jesus in their life? I'm not, I'm not exactly on this page, you know, who the individual once was that said, um, you know, I remember the quote, uh, you know, share Jesus with everyone you know, and if necessary, use words. You know, I'm not on exactly that same page, but I am saying that your life really matters. Have you ever been around that individual that just showed up and... Jesus was in the place. It's like when they were gone, things were right. And when they, or when they were there, things were right. When they were gone, it's like, we really need some peace in this house. That's what we need. We need peace at this school, at those individuals. Here, here's the big, big deal again. Our passion is ultimately to reveal Jesus. Luke 12, verse 16. Uh, Jesus spoke a parable to them saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought with him and himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room? To store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool! (laughs) That's not a good start right there. This night your soul will be required of you. Then those, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. All right? I'm not taking an offering right now because that's not necessarily what this is about. I I just don't want any of us to miss this today. This, there was a man, this man in scripture that Jesus described. I mean, he said that the, the ground, he was good. He was a farmer, baby. He could grow stuff. He was so good. He like crushed it. Yes! Look at all the stuff I can grow! <laughs> he grew so much stuff that he just tore down his barns and built bigger barns just in case he wanted to use all of his stuff. He succeeded so much, didn't know where to store it. And uh, so now, here's a guy that's in the sweet spot. Anybody seen somebody in the sweet spot? 
He's like in his sweet spot. It was farming. He succeeded. He accomplished great things. His business grew. His abundance was obvious to everyone. But then the story ends this way. But God said to him, now that he's got these big barns and amazing success, you fool, what are you going to do about your life? I'm taking your life now. Uh, are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for that? So we have to have a passion inside of us. And this is this. Our win is not the dollars, nor the accolades, nor the success and all that comes with it. Our win is people hearing about Jesus through our lives. That's our win. That's my win. Come on, I got, you got to get this. That's my win. That's my win. I know this is not popular. I get this. You know, oh, you're just trying to raise up people to go stand on street corners. No, I'm just trying to raise up people who love God, who know Jesus. Now listen, I'm not, my, you, you just think the end. I'm telling you that everything shifts when your desire is to know Jesus and to make him known. It changes you on the inside. The flame burns bright. It impacts your home, your relationships, your marriage, your, your workplace, the way you drive down the road, the way you do life, everything. I'm here for this purpose, to know Jesus and to make him known. And people start coming to Jesus. Your coworkers, your friends, your neighborhood start coming to Jesus. What? What's going on? Finally found your purpose. Jesus. Romans 10, 18. You heard this? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you realize that no one has ever put their faith in Jesus and gone from death to life spiritually without hearing words? People, people don't come to know Jesus by just watching other people do good things. Our actions build a platform, but they are not a substitute for sitting down with somebody and looking at them and saying, let me tell you what the Word of God says. And I know you're saying, well, that's your job, Pastor Rick. No, no, no. That's a very narrow way of saying it. I believe this, okay? The Jesus way is this. I believe that through the Holy Spirit, all of us should have a passion to share the gospel with everyone in the seven cities. I'm not saying you chase people down at Walmart. Hey, hey, hey! You know, I don't, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we just need to be ready to tell the story on every corner and every school and every business on every street and every bar and every hospital and every situation till revival would break out in our communities and neighborhoods and the message of Jesus would just change atmospheres. How many know our nation needs a change? Anybody know that? Just a change in the atmosphere. Revival happens when all of us understand that we, if we choose to do the things that God called us to do, we are going to have a platform from which we can tell our story to Jesus, uh, the story of Jesus to the world. And Jesus said this. I'm wrapping this up, I think. Matthew 5.13. Read this to yourself. I am the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father Amen. in heaven. Amen. All right, stand with me. I'm going to wrap up while you're standing. It takes you a minute to stand up. Are you still with me? Listen, listen. You can find yourself in very difficult situations. And God will use you for His glory in those moments. How many know I'm telling the truth right now? You can find yourself in crisis. Keep your purpose and God will work through the crisis and be glorified in it. Anybody ever read the New Testament? Have you read the New Testament? Do you see guys like Paul and Silas like thrown into prison and say, Hey, let's just go ahead and glorify God. Because if we're in prison, our task is to know Jesus and to make him known. That's our task. Because you think, in certain situations, I haven't got any purpose any longer. God says, yeah, you have a purpose. Wherever you are, if you want the, if you want the bars to break open, then my task is what? To know Jesus and to make him known. If you want your family made whole, then your task is what? To know Jesus and to make him known. I'm going to give you this. Our passion is a direct result of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Am I right? 
Acts 1 and 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I'm, I'm just going to go back and say this again. Uh, I was talking about wrestling and saying you, you got you to pull the trigger, you got to pull the switch, you got to make a move. And sometimes you just on your heels, you know. I mean, we just finished a great football season. You know who wins? People who move forward. People who are passionate about winning, Right? Right? Did you say the Patriots? Is that what you said? Yeah, all right. The flesh right up here. I'm sorry. Anyway, all right. So. People who move forward. People move that. People that will that have passion. So my confidence, my passion burns bright because the Holy Spirit has been deposited into my life. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Paul says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So how am I going to overcome my favorite addiction? Holy Spirit. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. I'm going to let Him move in my life. Because as I allow that flame to burn brighter, the flesh loses control over me. Our passion... It's a direct result of the Holy Spirit. It is best when it's bold. It is birthed out of prayer. It is built on God's Word. It is bolstered by strong relationship. I'm saying we need one another. Am I right? But passion is best when it's yes! Moving forward. When I'm seeking the face of God. When I'm listening to His Word. And I know. Ah. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's just thank Him for His Word and His presence today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Come, Holy Spirit, be with us today. So passionate about you knowing Jesus, making Him known. And I know there are some of you that feel like the passion has just kind of died inside of you. Maybe it's in your home. I don't know. Maybe you just feel empty and just worn slap out. I don't know. But I know that I wanted to talk to people today that felt like their passion was gone. Felt empty on the inside. And I want to, I want to wake you up. I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. He, he has a plan. And it is. To touch you in such a way that you would leave this room knowing God, wanting to know Him more, discovering Him, enjoying life, because no matter what happens, you're going to love God, serve God, and, and bring others into the, into, into the kingdom of God. And it's going to fix all of the other stuff, whether you're working at McDonald's or whether you're working at a high-rise somewhere, I, whatever it is. Where are you? Where's my, where are my family? Where's my family in this room that would say, Pastor, I felt like I've lost my passion. I felt kind of dead on the inside. And I need the passion. I need the passionate flame back in my life. Where are you? Just wave at me. Wave at me. Where are you? And, and, and come here, my children. Come here. Come to me. Come to me. Come, kids. Come on. Where's my family? Come on. Where are you? Come on. Just... Praise you, Jesus. I love y'all. Praise Jesus. That's good. And the rest of you are back there, but you don't want to come forward, and I bless that, okay? I'm, I'm cool with that. I know it's tough for people. Anybody know it's tough sometimes? Am I right? Just tough. But here you are. Welcome. We want to light some fires today. Is that all right? Is that all right? Just light some fires. Your passion is not determined by other people. Your passion is determined by Jesus. Your passion is going to be ignited by the Holy Spirit. You have been given life. Congratulations. Take a breath. 
And I know life has done some things to you and you're just kind of weary. But I tell you this, that Holy Spirit has come today to give you life and more abundant life. The enemy has stolen all he gets to steal. We draw a line in the sand today and we say no more. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will daily walk into his courts with praise. And my life will give glory to God. And I'm not going to be afraid of the darkness anymore. The darkness is going to be afraid of me because of the passionate flame that is exploding out of my life. Am I speaking too big? I feel like I'm picking a fight right now. I... Maybe that's what you need to do. I'm tired of it being cold all the time. I'm ready. I'm ready for the warmth of the Holy Spirit. Behind me, my team, come behind me, team. Come behind me, stand with me. Stand with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room, lay your hand on the shoulder of somebody nearby you or take them by the hand. And I want you to pray this way. I'm going to go back to that Second Timothy teaching. I'm going to say, That Paul evidently at some time laid his hands upon a young man who would become his spiritual son. And he said, I give you a gift. Now we, people say, well, what was the gift that he had to fan into a flame? Well, it was a preaching gift. It was, no, listen. Here's your gift. It's like taking a match and lighting a candle. It's... You are now the anointed of the Holy Spirit. I lay my hands on you and I offer you this gift. Now, I want you to pray for one another as you touch them. I want you to pray. You are, tell them, you are the anointed of the Holy Spirit. There is a flame on the inside of you. There is a flame in your soul. There is a flame that is there. There is a flame that's there now. In the name of Jesus burn bright in the name of Jesus because of the word of God because of the power of God because of the truth of heaven burn bright erupt in the name of Jesus we are intentionally anointing one another and praying for another, one another right now that each of us would burn bright now say this I am here to know Jesus and to make him known I am here to know Jesus and to make him known in my home, in my life, in my community, in my ministry. I am here to know Jesus and to make him known. I have purpose. Jesus has a plan for my life. I am in his plan. I will know Jesus and I will make him known. Just stay there for a moment. Now just close your eyes. Stay there for a moment. I want, I want you guys to sing. And I want you in the, in the congregation. I bless you. The Lord bless you. Keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. I want you to pray for one another. Bless one another. And encourage one another. And as you part, I want you to tell each other, we're leaving this place to know Jesus. To make him known. God bless you. We're going to pray with these people. Prayer team, would you please come and serve them? Father, I thank you. I thank you for my sister, dear Lord.